All right. Well, guys, we're going to uh, bring Brian up. I might just quickly pray for him um, before he comes up, and then we're going to go into a short video. Yeah, God, we just thank you so much, um, yeah, that we can just come and celebrate and have fun and laugh this morning. Uh, and God, we just thank you that Jesus is at the center of it all. Lord, I just pray now that uh, as Brian comes up and shares on the joy of Christmas, that your Holy Spirit would just be with him, that everything that is from you would just really uh, plant a seed in our hearts and take root and grow into something beautiful that would bear fruit. And Lord, I pray that, uh, yeah, anything that isn't of you would just fall to the ground. So we, uh, yeah, just pray for Brian now as he comes up. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Enjoy the video. My mama told me something when I was growing up that has forever changed my life. She played the piano at our little church at 3rd and Pine Street for 37 years. She tried to teach me to play the piano, <laughs> but I wasn't very good. She would teach me the names of the notes, what a major key is, what a minor key is. She tried to teach me musical theory, but I was just bored. Then, one day, she told me that the best news in the world is found by playing a simple scale on the piano. I had no idea what she meant, so she told me to play an eight-note scale. So I did. I said, how is that good news? And she said I played it incorrectly and that I needed to play it the other way. So I did. Again, I said, how is that good news? And she said I played it the right way, but I needed to add the pauses. The pauses, she said, the pauses. Add them on the first, second, fourth, sixth, seventh, and last note. Now, I was frustrated and said, how can eight notes with random pauses be the best news in the world? Then I got up, walked away, and went outside. Frankly, I didn't care what she was talking about. I didn't like playing the piano anyway. Well, years later, my mama got sick and passed away. As I was thinking about her, I remembered what she told me about the piano. Not only that, I still remember the notes she told me to pause. The first, second, fourth, sixth, seventh, and last note. So I sat down at her piano and played the scale with the pauses. she was talking about. Little clip. Well, good morning. Welcome to this Christmas day. What a difference the pauses make. Don't forget the pauses. I'm sure many of us can relate to that little clip where someone tried to teach us a piano or some other instrument and we just weren't interested at all. Our mind was totally focused, we were totally charged for something else. I can remember as a, a little kid, four or five, sitting on a piano stool as my mum tried to teach me the piano 
and my mind was completely focused elsewhere. Mum's watching on uh, video and it was probably as torturous for her as it was for me. I just didn't want to be there. Thanks, Mum, for uh, all those uh, hours that you'd spent trying to, uh, to train me in the piano. But I just wanted to be out. I just wanted to go, go, go. I didn't want to pause for anything. Well, this year, many of us have had a pause enforced on us. It's a COVID pause. And we need to keep praying, as Murray prayed earlier, for those that are still battling the effects of COVID. We pray for the stop of COVID right throughout uh, this world. But for some others who haven't been impacted by a death of a loved one or by the sickness itself or haven't been impacted because of the loss of work or in other ways, the commentators would tell us that this COVID-enforced uh, pause has been of great benefit for many. It's had us to stop, to take uh, account of what is really important in life. And we heard some of those there earlier, our health, our family, and even the lifestyle we live, and for some, the location we live. And so we've seen now that people are wanting to move into some of the regional areas to be able to settle down there. Today, I want to encourage us to pause and to consider about the most important aspect of life, to stop and to consider why it is that we can celebrate this particular day and this particular season, to take hold of the difference for us of simply playing the notes of life to actually living out the rhythm and living out the melody of life itself. No doubt many of us have heard the Christmas story before. It's familiar to us and perhaps it's too familiar to us. Perhaps now we don't get amazed anymore. We're not filled with the wonder that we should be filled with. How do you feel about that today? If you can relate to that, you don't get amazed and you're not filled with wonder about Christmas. There's another group of people that first Christmas that felt exactly the same. They were the spiritual leaders. They were the religious leaders of that day. They knew all about the prophecies concerning Jesus. They knew all the scriptures. They knew there was a Messiah that was to come. But they couldn't be bothered pausing to investigate that. Despite everything they knew, they missed out on the wonder of Jesus. Unlike the wise men, the wise men went out to check the claim, but these people didn't. They didn't go and investigate if this Messiah that had been spoken about was this little baby that had been born in Bethlehem. They were paying more attention to the traditions of their religion than they were to the coming of a Messiah. We too have so many Christian traditions, and some of those are great. But we need to always be pausing to say, am I focused on the right thing? Today, am I focused on the reason for the day? Am I focused on the gift of God become flesh? Don't let your familiarity with this Christmas story rob you of what matters most. In a little while, we're going to sing a great hymn, Joy to the World, the most popular of all Christmas carols. Isaac Watts was the writer of that and he never intended it just to be sung as a Christmas carol. He wanted people to celebrate the coming of Jesus 
each and every day, which is what our call is, to celebrate the fact that Jesus is here, that we live with the presence of Jesus each and every day. Um, what's based uh, this carol on uh, Psalm 98 verse 4, shout for joy to the Lord all the earth. And I'm going to go through very quickly those four stanzas and why you and I can shout for joy today because the Lord has come. So joy to the world, because the Lord has come. Have you ever stopped to consider the wonder of that? Who has come? The God who is the creator of this universe and everything in it. I don't know about you, but um, when I go out back, even when I walk amongst nature, I am blown away by the fact that this God of all creation has an amazing love for me personally. In the grandeur and the wonder of all of creation, that God has a plan for me personally. Emmanuel, God with us. God came to dwell with us. God came in the form of Jesus that first Christmas. And God is with us now by the power of his spirit each and every day. Our God is not aloof. Our God is not a God of wood or stone. Our God is with us. Even this day, God is with us in this pandemic. God is with us in our sickness. God is with us in each of the experiences that you are going through in your own life. Then we can have joy to the earth because the Saviour reigns. There'll be some that say, well, if God is reigning, why are we enduring what we are in this world at this time? If God is reigning, some will say, it must be a, a pretty impotent God because this world is pretty much a mess. If God is reigning, why have things not worked out in my life the way I wanted to work them to work out and the way I've prayed that they would work out? If God is in control, why is it that even today our whole family can't come together and celebrate Christmas Day because relationships are strained and we're not together as we should be? If God is in control, why? 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 They're all good questions. We live in a time when God's kingdom has come. The kingdom dawned when Jesus was born, when God broke into our world in the form of Jesus, born in a manger in Bethlehem. And when Jesus rose again, he was able to say to his disciples, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. That was the reign of Jesus, a demonstration of his reign as king. And right now in heaven, Jesus reigns, uncontested. There will come a time in a new heaven and a new earth when Jesus' reign will be uncontested, when his will will be done perfectly. But right now, right here on earth, his reign is being contested. We live in a world where there is a battle of good and there is a battle of evil. And that's why Jesus said to us to pray in the Lord's Prayer, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That's the call on our lives, to recognise that Jesus reigns even now but to be asking that his will will be done here on earth as it is in heaven. 
But that battle of good and evil is not just a battle that's out there somewhere. It's a battle that goes on in your heart and in my heart. In the attitudes that we have, in the actions and our thoughts and all those things. So the question for us today is, the Saviour reigns, but does the Saviour reign in my heart? Does the Saviour reign in my life? And if so, how does that impact the life I live? And then we can have joy because he comes to make his blessings flow. Our greatest need was a Saviour. And I love this little poem that says, if our greatest need had been information, God would have sent us an educator. And if our greatest need had been technology, God would have sent us a scientist. If our greatest need had been money, God would have sent us an economist. If our greatest need had been pleasure, God would have sent us an entertainer. But our greatest need was forgiveness, so God sent us a saviour. Friends, Jesus came to rescue us. Sin is something we don't often like to talk about. But our sin and our failures separated us from God. That's why Jesus came. That's why Jesus suffered and died on a cross. That through his death, through our faith in his death on the cross, we might have life. That we might take hold of life. Without sin, we're under a curse. We're under curse of death. But because of Jesus, we have an abundance of blessings as we take our hold of all he has for us. As that verse says, verse 3 of the carol will sing, He comes to make his blessings flow, far as the curse is found. There is no situation beyond Jesus' ability to redeem. There is no person, no sin too great that Jesus hasn't come to forgive and to bring redemption and reconciliation in a life. He simply wants us to acknowledge who he is. And then there is joy because he rules the world with truth and grace. He rules the world with truth and grace. Truth and grace. But what is truth? Well, Pilate asked that, didn't he? As Jesus stood in front of him just prior to his crucifixion, what is truth? Sometimes it's hard to find out what the truth is in our world. Can you believe it? There's a, a new word of the decade and it's uh, been coined by, um, by Kellyanne Conway, the US Senate advisor uh, to Donald Trump and the new word of the decade is alternative facts. <laughs> alternative facts. I mean, it's a contradiction in terms, isn't it? I mean, a fact is a fact. An alternative fact surely is a lie. Surely it's fake news. How can you have alternative facts? And yet in this world, people are crying out for truth. What is truth? Can I believe that? What is truth? We rejoice today. There is joy in our world because Jesus is truth. His word says, Jesus I'm the way, said Jesus, the truth and the life. There is an absolute. And we can find that in a relationship with Jesus. But we also know that while God is a God of truth and justice, he is also a gracious God. 
a God who is forgiving and calls us into relationship with him. John wrote these words, the Apostle John, and the word became flesh and dwelt amongst us and we have seen his glory, glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. I want to leave us with some questions this morning in those four things that we can rejoice in. Have I prepared room for Jesus? Have I received him as my king? Have I received the wonders of his love? Historically, we know that not everyone welcomed Jesus when he came. King Herod certainly didn't. To Herod, Jesus was a threat to his rule and to his reign. He was a paranoid man, King Herod, worried so much about someone else usurping him and his reign in the kingdom that he, he had three of his own sons murdered. So he wasn't going to think twice about trying to hunt down and murder Jesus. In a similar way, today a lot of people want to reject Jesus because to them Jesus is a threat, a threat to freedom, to their freedom. I used to think like that when I was younger thinking that I was going to have to live life in a straitjacket. I'd have no more joy when I came to Jesus and I discovered how wrong I was. Jesus simply calls us to trust in him, to make room for him, to prepare room to receive him as our king and to receive the wonders of his love. And I invite you to do that. If you're someone here who is still yet to make a decision to follow Jesus, Perhaps your response is more akin to, to King Herod than it is to the wise men coming to investigate, to lay down your gifts and to worship. Can I encourage you to do that even today? Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, we do want to praise you and thank you. The Lord, you loved us so much that you sent Jesus the greatest gift that we could ever, ever take hold of. And today we rejoice we rejoice in the gift of Jesus, that he is the way, the truth, and the life. And Father, today we ask that you by your Spirit would keep on challenging us about opening our hearts to prepare you room. And in the busyness of this season, to reflect on the life that you want to give us, the life that is truly life. And we give you praise and we give you thanks. In Jesus' name, amen.